0: And good morning. This is not Susie Jones today. Susie is off this weekend. I'm Laura Oaks from the WCCO News Department, in for Susie today, and I am so excited to be here on the Health Radio Hour. We have a great show planned for you this morning, and our guest that we hope you will love and call us and text us and ask a bunch of questions. Our guest today is Robin Hedrick. She is the Senior Director of Integrative Health and Wellbeing Partnerships and a National Board Certified Health Coach with the YMCA of the North. So we're going to talk a little bit about health coaching today. What is it? Who can benefit from health coaching? Is it more than just eating better and exercising more? What are some of the facets and things that we would learn by working with a health coach? And also, have you ever considered wanting to be a health coach? What does it take? What is the schooling? What is the training? And is it something that could also be a nice career path for a person? So let's welcome Robin to the show right now. And Robin, thank you so much for getting up early. You're probably up. You're probably one of those fit, motivated people who has had a healthy breakfast already and has run five miles. How are you?
1: Good morning, Laura. Good morning. Um, I'm glad you set that stage because I, I have had my water this morning. Good. I will say that. Um, but my my dogs are going to have to wait for their walk this morning until after okay. after our conversation. Well,
0: maybe they'll learn something if they're... If they're in there listening to you at the moment.
1: Yes, my my little shih tzu is here. So she's listening. Excellent. (laughs)
0: Excellent. So let's start right away here, Robin, with the the typical person who could benefit from a health coach and and what a health coach actually does, not only at the Y where you work, but kind of everywhere. What is the the premise of a health coach?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking, Laura. I am going to start with really what does a health and loving coach do? Because I think a lot of people have um, different thoughts about what a health coach may or may not be and do. And so I think when people hear that word coach, um, a lot of times they think in the context of a sports coach. And a sports coach is someone who really directs and tells you, what position to play, and how to play that position, right? Unlike a sports coach, a health coach does not direct or tell clients what or how to accomplish their health and well-being goals. So a health coach is really a partner, and they work with individuals to help them achieve, really look at positive long-term change that leads them to healthier, more fulfilling lives. And so a coach can really support a, individuals across a huge range of health and well-being areas. So some of those areas may be um, someone who's looking to cope with stress improve their nutrition, um, increase their movement, uh, get better or higher quality sleep, and enhance uh, some of the relationships or connections that they may be lacking. Um, All of these that are really helping individuals to achieve that greater overall life balance as they think about their vision of what they see themselves being um, when it comes to their health and well-being. And so when you say who needs health coaching, um, I really answer that question and say a coach can be of value to anyone at, who's along their health and well-being journey. Um, and that can be at any time along the journey as well. So I think that is um really a key piece um, and I hope that helps kind of distinguish what a health coach is not and what a health coach is for folks.
0: Great. If you have questions for Robin, please call or text us on the Cities one talk and text line. That number is 651-461-9226 651-461-9226. So Robin, what I'm hearing for you from you is that a health coach is um, almost like a personal counselor for whatever you're dealing with, whatever you need help with, and somebody to kind of push and guide you on a, on a better path?
1: Yeah, we often uh, refer to health coaches as guides on the side. Um, and by that, I mean that a health and well-being coach really honors individuals as the experts of their own life. And we help to provide them a very safe, non-judgmental and collaborative space for individuals to really explore and self-discover um, where they may have gaps. And um, throughout that coaching relationship, um, we are providing individuals with a support and accountability um, that's really necessary to help foster some experimentation because sometimes we don't know. Right. And we have to experiment and test and try different things to see. What's going to work for us? Because what may work for me as their coach in my own personal health and well-being journey is not going to necessarily work for anybody else. Um, So we're supporting that experimentation so that they can discover what works for them and then they can learn. So just because an experiment um, and a test might not work, it doesn't mean that they failed. It means that they've learned something new about themselves. And then they can take that new learning and really apply that to grow. And so, I think that's a really important piece: is that um, we're just there to to help guide and support, um, and we ask a lot of questions and explore and help draw out people's strengths um, to help them get there. Okay, great.
0: So even if you have your your clarity and your head is on straight and you're feeling more aligned with the world and ready for this health coaching, our food choices do play such a big role in our health. I know that you are also a nutrition yeah. expert. So what are just some mm-hmm. of the very basic simple pillars of good nutrition that you would start somebody on if they're looking to overhaul how they how they eat?
1: Yeah. So This nutrition area, like you said, is foundational. Um, Good nutrition affects every aspect of our health. And that can include our movement, our sleep, our stress, and our relationships. And there's more and more research now supporting that really food is medicine. And deciding what we eat every day or don't eat is an effective way to influence our health and well-being. In fact, I just want to make this little side note, diet is the number one cause of preventable chronic disease in America. And that's a huge statistic considering that about 52% of Americans have at least one chronic disease. And so when you think about, you know, what does that look like, um, it, again, really depends on the individual. We know the basics that we need good nutrition with um, lots of color and whole foods and variety uh, that are going to feed our body with great nutrients to help give us that energy to keep us strong, um, active, and healthy. Um, But it's also discovering um, foods that help you celebrate and connect with others because you may have some culture, um, uh, cultural things that you've been brought up with and food has a lot of meaning for you in that way. Um, And so we really look at um, food in five, you know, kind of areas. Um, We think about just the food that you're eating. We think about nutrition, but we think about hydration. Um, We think about culture and we think about environmental sustainability. So there's all these different elements that we really need to explore to find what's going to work for you as an individual, Um, because what, again, there's many diets out there, right? And we hear different things like eat keto, eat paleo, eat this, eat that, don't eat this, don't eat that. But again, we have to test that in our own bodies um, because every person is so different and what might work for one individual and make them feel really great and energized may not make another person feel that same way. And so we do really need to, again, explore and discover what that might look like. Right.
0: I want to get more into this after the break, kind of the role of some of these nutrients and programs and some of the challenges that face us at the grocery store and in the media and just in the world. We're going to talk a little bit more with Robin Hedrick right after this break. We want to invite your calls and texts, though. Please participate because here she is, you guys. This is is free advice. This is free help. This is something and somebody that can get you on a path that maybe you've been thinking about for a while, making better choices with your food and your exercise and just your lifestyle in general. Give us a call. Give us a text. The number is the same. 651 We'll be back right after the break with Robin Hedrick. This is WCCO. Good morning. 723 on News Talk A30 WCCO. I'm Laura Oaks in for Susie Jones this morning. This is the WCCO Health Radio Hour and our guest this morning is Robin Hedrick. She is a certified health coach with the YMCA of the North. She is also the Senior Director of Integrative Health and Well-Being Partnerships at the Y. So a big job. She knows her stuff. We mm-hmm. have this beautiful expert with us this morning and we invite your calls or texts if you have any. That number, the City's One Talk and Text Line is 651-461-9226. So Robin, I want to get back into New nutrition a little bit and the role Mm -hmm. that proper nutrition and having the right nutrients in your body and plenty of water and how all of that kind of plays together to make us feel good and give us the energy that all of us want. We also have some evils to talk about, the evils of too much sugar and chemicals in our foods and, and, you know, too much alcohol and how we just really gather up that discipline and plan our meals and do all the things we're supposed to do, but seems so overwhelming sometimes because we get busy or we lose our motivation or we get overwhelmed by all of these positive changes we're trying to make. So where would you start with somebody who wants to, to um, you know, start implementing some very simple, attainable changes right off the bat here today?
1: Right. Yeah, this is an area that can be extremely overwhelming, and I think part of it is because we know how critically important good nutrition is, right? I feel like we've all been told that from our doctors, we hear that every day, that We should eat better, eat healthier. It will help with your immune system. It'll help you beat and fight um, chronic diseases. Um, But it's also extremely overwhelming because the space is full of a lot of information. And we know that we have all these essential nutrients and vitamins and it can become very complicated very quickly. And so I think, you know, as a health coach, we really focus on keeping it simple, and this starts with you ask like, how do I get started? You know, how do I how do I begin this journey of really looking at changing what I'm what I'm taking in? Um, and I have this big goal for myself of um, you know eating better. I want to eat healthier. Um, But this big goal is really, again, quite overwhelming. And so the key is to having someone like a health coach that can, again, partner with you to really figure out how to break down that goal that you have for yourself into small behaviors or daily actions that you can do that are going to ultimately support that goal of eating healthy and so an example is you know a lot of clients will come to me with with saying um you know i just want to i want to eat better i want to eat healthier for myself i want to eat healthier for my family um i know what i should be eating (laughs) but how do i do that and so um and you know, if there was this silver bullet answer, right, we would all be doing it. And so, it needs to start with self-exploration and really understanding where that individual is at. What what has worked for them? Uh, maybe even in the past, when it comes to eating healthier, maybe there was a time in their life where they ate healthier. How can we explore um, what that looked like for them and what? Allowed them to, in their mind, eat better. And so that's a huge part of this conversation is really that self exploration of. Um, What does eating better look like for you, first of all, because that might look different for um, each person? Although I think we all know, you know, eat whole foods, eat the color, eat the rainbow. Um, But that might look a little different for each of us. Um, Some of us may have um, things that we try to avoid or things that we really love um, and that we don't want to give up. And so how do we again start to just look at what's a what's a behavior or an action that can help to inform that. And so it might end up being and that's where we can have some brainstorming and idea sharing of just like what could that look like and what what would that be for you? And then they can share and then I can help Um, what I hear, uh, draw out for them and give that into then a very tangible action step. So that it might be, for example, we discover that just having more fruits and vegetables is going to be a great first step to eating healthier. So the action step might be bringing in additional and more color to your plate um, for meals and snacks. And so, you know, it's funny if you look at, I look at a lot of food journals and when we look at a lot of food journals, we see a lot of white and tan and brown on people's plates. And so when we have, again, that self-discovery, so that's another way we can help people self-discover where they're currently at, um, we're often lacking color. And so and and color, our colorful foods are where we get all of our nutrients and we have all those vital nutrients that are really doing those things I mentioned earlier, giving us that energy to keep us strong, active, healthy and vital um, and bring us vitality.
0: And Robin I want to jump in on that too with with colorful foods and the nutrients that we have in our fruits and vegetables and kind of you know shopping the perimeter of the grocery store. If yeah. somebody is feeling like we have a, a texter right now saying my knees and yeah. hips are suddenly so stiff, what can right. they do for that as far as you know foods that might have right. anti-inflammatory properties and and that's right in yes. our, in our good fruits and vegetables, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So inflammation is really um, kind of the root cause of, of most of the challenges and problems that, that we experience when you hear things like, oh, I'm just stiff and achy. I have a harder time getting up in the morning and get going. And so, of course, um, the nutrition piece is extremely important in that. But I, I I, don't want to leave out how the other dimensions of our health also inform our inflammation in our bodies. And when I say the other dimensions, um, I really and our health coaches at the YMCA of the North really focus on five key dimensions to health and well-being. The first one is the one that we're just really focusing in on right now. That's nourish. How are we feeding our bodies? And absolutely whole colorful foods are always going to be those foods that are helping lower inflammation in our bodies. Processed foods, um, added sugars, those are things that bring up the inflammation in our bodies. So, but besides nutrition or this nourish dimension, I wanna focus on also there's a move dimension that again, we have to move our bodies. And I think we're meant to move, Um, We need to move every single day. And when I say move, that can be a formal exercise program, but it doesn't have to be. So I think people, again, get overwhelmed by, you know, they hear the term exercise program. But really what we need you to do is think about how can I just move my body more? How can I get up and walk to my mailbox every single day so I make sure I'm getting in that extra time to move my body? And so that's another very critical dimension of health that informs inflammation in our bodies. When we start to feel achy and sore and we have some mobility restrictions, our our tendency is to not move, right? Because we feel like, oh, we yeah, don't want to rest. Myself. Right. We got to rest. And we do need to be careful and cautious. And we need to understand through maybe conversations with our doctor or working with a physical therapist or an expert in that space, what we shouldn't be doing, but every single doctor will tell you to move and they will tell you you have to keep your body moving. And that's going to be another very highly critical area of um, reducing that inflammation.
0: And it's just as simple as walking more too, isn't it? I mean,
1: just a simple Absolutely. walk. You don't have
0: to power walk. You don't need fancy shoes. No. You don't need a dog. You Absolutely. just get out there.
1: Absolutely. You just have to, you know, to the Nike saying, <laughs> just do it. Right. right. And just do what is comfortable for you and your body. I mean, a lot of people like, you know, Minnesota is awesome in the summer because we have so many great parks and places to just stroll and walk and move our bodies. We can be outside gardening or taking care of our yard, or our flowers, um, you know, that's, that's movement, yeah. that's moving our body. And that's also doing something that is very um, uh, restorative in nature, right? It, it helps us reduce our stress, because that's the other area that I wanted to mention when it comes to inflammation, is Rest can really cause inflammation in our bodies, and so what we have to think about what practices and what things are we doing that are really allowing our bodies to heal and uh, restore. And so, you know, a lot of us think about sleep. Highly important. Sleep is like top on that list, you know, are we allowing our bodies and giving ourselves the opportunity to sleep, Um, you know, at least um, that seven to eight hours uh, per night? And if we have challenges with sleep, again, that's another area that a health coach can help explore, working on, like how, what are some things that we can do? What are some strategies? What are some tips that we can help to support a more relaxed state of sleep? Um, But, you know, there's rest, too, and just relaxation. You know, there's um, integrative healing modalities that people will introduce, like, um, acupuncture is amazing for inflammation and um, helping to release stress and mm-hmm. um, it's scary you know And I I was one person that was like I was scared to get acupuncture and yes and I I tried it and it was amazing and it is now a regular part of my own self-care healing um, health and well-being mm-hmm. journey routine excellent um, Robin,
0: I need to jump in. We need to take another break now, but let's get back to some of these um, five dimensions that you've been talking about and and get into a little more detail. We also have some great questions on the text line, so we'll get back to that right after this break. You're listening to the Health Radio Hour on WCCO. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, we are back 740 on WCCO. This is Laura Oaks in for Susie Jones this morning on the Health Radio Hour. We appreciate your calls and texts. We have quite a few texts to get to here, Robin. And again, our guest okay. is Robin Hedrick. Yep, she is the Senior Director of Integrative Health and Wellbeing Partnerships at the YMCA of the North. She's also a National Board Certified Health Coach. And she is full of great information for us if you're trying to make a change in your life or just have some basic questions on how to be a little bit healthier. One of the- questions, Robin, and this is funny because Mm -hmm. it has to do with the blue zones, Dan Buettner and his blue zones. (laughs) And I just started watching his documentary (gasps) last night. And it's interesting because he does show, at least in the first episode, this amazing community in Okinawa, Japan, where they're living typically to at least a 100 years old. They are moving all the time, whether that's gardening, like you say, or just walking Mm -hmm. with friends or walking through the forest or playing a ring-toss game with their friends and family. They're active, their minds are engaged, and they're moving, and they're living these beautiful, long, healthy lives. They also eat better than us, of course. And one of the questions (laughs) on our uh, text line today is, how much protein should I eat? There's so much conflicting information out there about how much protein Mm. people need. So tell us what protein does for us and how much we should be having.
1: So the first thing about that is I have to recognize that Netflix series. It's amazing. I'm yes. watching that as well. Yes. It, it is. And it really is a great learning about how important community and relationships yes. and meaning and purpose are in people's longevity. Um, but yes, um, nutrition is highly important and protein is absolutely an important critical nutrient that we need to be able to feed our bodies. Right. Because protein helps us, it's our building block, right? It helps us build muscle and um, do all those, gr- to gr- do those great things that we are talking about doing, like moving our bodies. And so as we become older, um, a lot of times our bodies require more protein. And so we would really want to sit down and individually work with a person, um, with one of our nutritionists to really formulate like how many um grams of protein specifically um should you be taking in because that is dependent on you um you know your your size, your weight, and things like that. so those all come into um, play when we're determining you know exactly how much protein um, but a lot of research is pointing to Um, Just that need to increase protein, even um, even up to half of your body weight as you continue to age in in making sure that protein is is a source. Yeah. Um, So but I want to bring that back to it is highly personal And we do um, really uh, recommend that even in that case, we reach out and bring in a nutritionist to that team um, beyond the health coach um, relationship to help support. And we have nutritionists on our team that can help um, support those very specific um, nutrition type uh, questions that people may also have.
0: Okay, good. I want to get back to a very important topic that I've been struggling with lately, and that is sleep and as we're getting uh, older and, you know, men and women are different and there's different phases of our lives that we're going through, hormonal changes, ups and downs. But in in just general, what can people do to get a better night's sleep or what shouldn't they be doing during the day and leading up to bedtime that could be messing with their sleep?
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's really um Important to um, I'm using air quotes set the stage for, for a good night's sleep, right? And that can start um, a couple hours before we even think about going to bed. Um, how what are we what are we feeding our bodies um, late at night? And so, you know, it it really is recommended that we have our last meal of the day. Um, and then we, we, we stop eating and um, feeding our body. It's because it, it sets our body up to even have a well-rested night's sleep where we are really restoring and recovering. And so thinking about that even a couple hours before bed um, is something to consider. Um, Also, you know, how are we stressing our minds as we lead into our sleep hours? You know, are we sitting um, on our phones, on social media? Um, Are we, you know, watching news that might be providing us um, some stress and anxiety? You know, those are things that are, again, we can just be aware of. And look at um, how are we kind of, again, setting that stage, you know, so maybe um, turning off that stressful, um, maybe news show or uh, putting down the phone and, and not engaging in that social media at least, again, an hour or so before bedtime, because we want to, again, set our bodies up for success. Right. Um, And then it's establishing what that routine is for you. Um, So what is your bedtime routine? I would just ask you that question. And do you have a bedtime routine? Maybe is the first question. And then what is that bedtime routine? Because there's a lot of evidence that supports how important it is to have a really um, robust bedtime routine, you know, that could include a relaxing shower or bath, it could include um, reading, um, it could include journaling. Um, again, those things that are um, quieting the mind right. um, and making sure that we're not Raising our stress level right before bed, but we're helping to bring that stress level down. And then looking at the environment that we're actually sleeping in, um, you know, is it is it nice and cool? Um, is it dark? Um, is it just conducive to what our body needs for a good night's sleep? So lots of things we can explore around the area of sleep. Excellent.
0: I also want to get into Robin. We we've had a couple of questions earlier on in the hour about. The, uh, having a career as a health coach. How do you do it? What does it entail? All Ooh. of that. I want to get into that after the break. We have one more break to take yeah. and we'll talk about health coaching as a career. It's 747 on CCO. We'll be right back. And yes, welcome back to the Health Radio Hour on WCCO. This is Laura Oaks in for Susie Jones this morning. Our guest is Robin Hedrick. She is a National Board Certified Health Coach with the YMCA of the North and has given us some fabulous information and tips throughout this past hour. We had a few questions earlier on, Robin, about what it takes Mm -hmm. to become a health coach. What is the training? Mm-hmm. What is this like as a career path? And, and you know, can you make a, a true living being a health coach? So what do you <laughs> say?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's um, lots of ways that you can uh, look to become a health and well-being coach. And the... Uh, as the industry is um, really growing uh, these last, I would say, ten or so years, um, there has been really a need for a professional standardization of competencies and trainings um, that are approved by our. It's called the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaches. And so, when you when you introduce me and say board certified, um, that's what that means. Is that I um, went through a an accredited training programs so there's many accredited training programs and you can go to the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaches website and you can see all of the different training programs that are accredited. Um, and so I went to, for example, the Functional Medicine Academy um, a training program. And then once you receive that training program, and that can vary in length of time, um, investment, um, et cetera, but ultimately, once you have that certification and you um, are able to uh, demonstrate competency and with working with clients, then you can sit for a board exam. And that's um, what the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaches um, does, is they have a um, board exam that people can take and sit for that exam. And it's not a required piece for every single health coach. But again, as the um, profession is is gaining um, demand. Um, people are wanting uh, to seek out health and well-being coaches that have that credential and that extra uh, training and development and know that they're getting someone who really has had and has demonstrated their ability to be a health coach. Right. Um, yeah. I was just going to say we only
0: have about a minute left, but I wanted yeah. to ask you what the job market is like for a health coach, not just here in the Twin Cities, but maybe in the yeah. Midwest or in the United States beyond what you right. do at the Y or somebody would do at within a, yeah. a health club facility. Where else could right. you find a job?
1: Right. Um, so um, private practices are hiring health coaches now. Um, a lot of... Uh, practice, um, physicians are bringing health coaches in as a part of the team um, because they're starting to realize how critical that role of a coach can be to help in the actual behavior change piece. So um, that's something people don't often think about, but you mentioned it, corporate wellness programs, schools, universities, wellness spas, fitness centers, it goes on. So there's really a lot of opportunity.
0: Okay. Excellent. And maybe even as a radio host, you did such a good job today, Robin. I think you should come and have your own show on how all of us can be a better uh, health coach in our own lives. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it very much. You've been listening to the Health Radio Hour on CCL.